Grizz Nation's favorite outfitter is the M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. And now the M Store has a brand new location in downtown Missoula. Come check out the new storefront located on the corner of Higgins and Broadway. The M Store in Missoula has been your Grizz Gear headquarters for more than 10 years, offering some of the most original University of Montana gear you'll find anywhere in the Garden City. Next time you're downtown, swing in. Come by the M Store today and wear what the Grizz wear. Or shop online at MontanaMStore.com. Montana's only daily sports talk show. Nuanez Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like football! Well, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome in. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television and the new ESPN MT app. Coulter Nuanas, happy to be with you here on your Wednesday. Thanks so much for tuning in. Hopefully, uh, you're having a great day, a great start to your week. I just cannot believe how nice the, the weather is right now. I, mean, I was just down at Grizz football practice. It might as well be Labor Day weekend, and we're sitting here in the middle of October. Uh, unbelievable. And uh, fun to have the Grizz back in town this weekend. And uh, the the gauntlet, uh, the, the stretch run, the pivotal portion of the Big Sky football season here for both Montana and Montana State, I would say it commences uh, on Saturday here uh, in the Garden City with Idaho coming to town. The first of what will be uh, a continuously building set of challenges for the Grizz and the Bobcats. They got to get over one last uh, potential, how do you say, trap game? Holy cow, we got a spider coming down right from the ceiling. (laughs) If you're watching on TV, uh, don't worry, I'm not seeing things. Uh, He's down there somewhere. Um, I don't kill spiders. It's a it's a principal thing. I I think that there's a lot more gnarly bugs out there than spiders. And guess who kills the gnarly bugs? The spiders. So uh, we do have a spider crawling around in the studio, but I'm not scared as long as you're not scared. <laughs> Don't worry, though. I'm not seeing ghosts. Uh, regardless, I think that this season there's a stratification of the Big Sky Conference. We're going to see teams continue to charge toward each other. We're kind of seeing it at the AA level as well. I spent a little bit of time down at Sentinel uh High school earlier today, and uh, the Spartans got a big game on Friday as well, sort of a collision course with Helena Capital with a lot on the line, namely the top seed of the Western AA going into the state playoffs. So it's going to be a fun rest of the fall into the winter. That's all I'm saying. Thanks so much for hanging out with us here on your Wednesday. The Wednesday slate pretty solidified at this point. Sam Herter, Hero Sports, will join us here in just a couple minutes to talk all the way around uh, the FCS Storylines from across the country, as well as uh, here in the Big Sky Conference and here in the Treasure State. We also have our Montana State Minute coming up at 4.30. We'll hear from Clevan Thomas, graduate transfer to Montana State from Kentucky and to have an outstanding senior year there at MSU. We're also going to hear from Mike Anderson, the Grizz Hockey team. we got some Grizz Hockey tickets for you. Top of the hour, fun ESPN roundtable. 
one of the great quarterbacks in the history of the Big Sky Conference, arguably the greatest Idaho Vandal of all time, John Freeze. From Missoula, actually was born in Missoula, grew up in Coeur d'Alene, and they went to play for the Vandals in the late 1980s during the uh, heyday of the Keith Gilbertson into the John L. Smith era. So I talked to John earlier this morning. That'll be a fun interview to share with you. And then 5.30, we're going to hear from the King Pig, Alex Gubner, one of my favorite guys uh, on the Grizz football team. He's our Grizz star of the week, big defensive tackle uh, from the uh, from the Los Angeles area, Chaminade Prep to be specific, his high school. And an underrated guy, a guy that uh, I think deserves a ton of credit. So we're going to give him a ton of credit by featuring him on this endlessly popular and worldwide radio show. How about that? That's your show rundown, your show outlook presented by Brett Wahlberg and the Wahlberg team. Wahlberg team, the official realtors of Grizz Athletics. Any and all real estate questions you might have, uh, in the real estate world of Western Montana, give Brent and his team a call today. You want us now? You want to stream the show? You always can on the ESPN MT app as well as on our station website, 1029ESPN.com. Also, go to 1029ESPN.com to check out the Seattle Kraken schedule. We got a link directly to their schedule there on the website. We will be covering, uh, we'll be carrying rather, Seattle Kraken hockey games beginning. Tonight, right? We got it tonight. So uh, if you want to learn more about the Kraken, you want to know when they're playing, we'll have uh, full coverage for you here. Uh, So go check out 1029ESPN.com for that schedule. And if you want to be a part of the show, 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. By the way, our Seattle Kraken broadcasts presented in part by Northwest Motorsport. Visit Northwest Motorsport online, nwmsrocks.com. That's nwmsrocks.com. We go down to the Rangers Spillers RV phone line and welcome in. Good friend of this show, our uh, leading man here on our Wednesdays these days. He's Sam Herter from Hero Sports and Bet MGM, a senior FCS analyst on the national level. Kind enough to take some time out of his week each week to hang out with us. Sam, what's going on, my man? What's going on in your world? Not a whole lot, just gearing up for a road trip to Fargo uh, to catch number two South Dakota State uh, at number one North Dakota State. And the night before that, I'll be in Grand Forks for my first ever UND hockey game. And so it should be a a fun little North Dakota road trip coming up here. Very cool. Uh, I have had the pleasure of going to one uh, UND hockey game. It is so sweet. That arena is awesome. I actually also Mm -hmm. uh, somehow stumbled upon an old-school Fighting Sioux hockey sweater that I won in a golf tournament, and uh, it's it's awesome. I don't really know what to do with it. I was thinking of maybe I should, like, put it on eBay or something like that, but also then I have, like, this nostalgic attachment to it. So uh, here, here nor there, though, we're going to get to that NDSU-South Dakota State game here in a minute, but uh, the big news from this last weekend on the national level when it comes to sort of the the main contenders is we had one team fall from the ranks of the undefeated, and that was Delaware. We talked about Delaware a a week prior and uh, just how important they are to the FCS. When they're good, it's a good thing for the football championship subdivision. But William & Mary uh, posts a big win uh, over Delaware. Uh, Just take us through it, and uh, what does does that do to sort of the hierarchy of the the, uh, Colonial Athletic Association? Yeah, it seems like the CAA has had a ton of really close 50-50 games between ranked uh, opponents. This was another one 
uh, where Delaware had every opportunity uh, to win this game, but William and Mary uh, was able to pull it out. And there's been some other games this year where uh, you look at Elon, who's 5-0 and right now with two ranked wins against Richmond and William and, William and Mary. And both of those games were basically 50-50 where either one of those teams uh, could have won. And so I think there's just – I think the CAA has three good teams, and it's Elon, William & Mary, uh, and Delaware. Um, you know, I think after that, maybe, you know, you can look at maybe a Richmond and a Villanova, but I think those are the top three teams. I don't know if any one of them have emerged as a, a title contender, but I think they're all pretty solid uh, FCS programs. And, you know, Delaware could still – win out. Uh, I think they have a pretty favorable schedule. They do have to go to, um, or they have to play rival Villanova, uh, and that's always a tough game, but Delaware can, can certainly come back and win out. They, they would be 10-1 and uh, with an FBS win, and that's certainly still seedable. So Delaware is still looking fine, but uh, I think Elon right now is potentially looking at uh, seed and uh, quarterback by Matthew McKay, who your listeners uh, know well. And certainly. Who knows, maybe something, ha- maybe something happens where Elon uh, you know, get sent out to Bozeman for for a playoff game. That'd be uh, pretty juicy. No doubt about it. For those that hadn't been following along, Matt McKay, who was the starting quarterback for the Montese Bobcats for the duration of the regular season a year ago, then entered the NCAA transfer portal, which then opened the door uh, for Tommy Malat to take the state by storm and become one of the favorite stories uh, of this state in, a, in quite some time. Well, Matt McKay landed at Elon of the Colonial Athletic Association, and he's putting up good numbers. And Elon off to a 5-1 and one start, uh, 3-0 and oh in CAA play. Sam Herter, Hero Sports, and uh, BetMGM joining us here on the Rangets Brothers RV phone line. You're listening to Nuanas now, ESPN Radio. And Sam, uh, it's, a, it's a date and a game that's circled on everybody's calendars because basically the only team that's had more than just once-off success beating North Dakota State over the last 10 years, has been South Dakota State. So before we get to this matchup, though, what did you think of their performances prior? North Dakota State had a little bit of a tough time with an Indiana State team that the Grizz walloped earlier this year in the non-conference. South Dakota State had a 28-3 win. By the way, North Dakota State beat Indiana State 31-26. South Dakota State ran over South Dakota 28-3. That's also a team that people in Montana know about because they were in Missoula at Week 2 to play uh, the Montana Grizzlies. So what did you think of the, these uh, teams' most recent performances? Yeah, I thought South Dakota State looked really good this last weekend, beating uh, South Dakota pr- pretty handedly. Um, you know, offense, uh, I think, is starting to get there for South Dakota State. But I, I just think defensively, they, I think I said on the show before, I think if you ask me who the top three defenses are in the FCS, it's probably Montana State uh, and South Dakota State. Then maybe Jackson State. It's, it's hard to tell with JSU just because of who they play. But I mean, they got some 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 dudes on their defense. But I really like how South Dakota State's defense uh, is playing. And then, yeah, on the flip side, it, NDSU just doesn't look like NDSU right now. Uh, you know, they're. You know, I thought offensively, actually, they looked really good besides some turnovers. Uh, but they did have some drop passes in the first half. Uh, but overall, I thought Cam Miller was really sharp on uh, this game, probably one of his better games as a Bison. But defensively, uh, that front seven, which has usually been the strength of this team, is just not playing all that well. And you look at their linebackers, they have two new starters uh, there, and then their third starter is a converted safety um, who, who has pretty good experience, but he's still you know, in undersized uh, outside linebacker, then their defensive line, 
you know, they were a pretty heavy rotational defensive line last year, but they they lost about seven guys from last year's defensive line that all played a lot, either through graduation or through injury this season, including their All-American defensive tackle, Eli Mostart. So they're playing, I don't, I think it's like three redshirt freshmen on the defensive line uh, right now, and the linebackers are inexperienced, and so they're, they're missing their fits, as the coaches like to say, you know, basically just, you know, they're not being gap uh, responsible. Uh, in the run defense, and that does not bode well uh, against a South Dakota State team that uh, certainly wants to establish their own. Is there anything you can point to as to the why that North Dakota State's uh, front seven has looked vulnerable? I think it's just the youth on it. You know, honestly, they're, um, you know, like I said, they're playing a lot of young guys. They're playing a lot of guys without, um, you know, without a ton of experience. Uh, and, they just don't have that dude. When you, when you look at the past years of NDSU, they've had uh, a guy like a Derek Tusca or a Kyle Emanuel or a, Grady, uh, a Greg Menard coming off the edge. Um, they have a guy, they've had a guy like Steidel or, you know, Nate Tangway plugging up the middle. They've had linebackers like, uh, you know, Nick DeLuca, Jabril Cox, like just dudes on that front seven. They don't really have that guy right now. And I don't know if, that's because of recruiting. I just, I don't know if maybe they're guys that they recruited that they, they feel good about haven't panned out. Um, you know, I know I can't remember what his name is, but one of their middle linebackers, uh, you know, was a, a highly coveted recruit. He actually had an offer from Kansas state and Chris Kleiman, but he chose NDSU and he was supposed to be the next Nick DeLuca. He's playing, but he's just not, you know, playing all that well. And so um, it's hard to put your finger on it because we're used to seeing NDSU holding opponents to, under 100 yards rushing per game, uh, but I think the rushing defense is like 55th in the country right now. So it's just not, it's just not where they need to be. And um, you know, it's one of those things where I go back to that 2015 season when Montana beat North Dakota State. The Bison secondary looked absolutely awful, um, but by the end of the year, they were one of the better secondaries in the FCS. Well, that happened this year with the front seven. Um, I don't know, possibly, but at the same time, when you're playing a bunch of freshmen and a bunch of inexperienced guys you know, that, 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 that's a lot harder to get defensive linemen ready to play than, than maybe some cornerbacks. And so we'll see how NESU looks this weekend and, and moving forward. Sam Herder joining us here on Nuanas Now, 102.9 FM ESPN Radio in Western Montana, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Sam is a national writer for Hero Sports as well as Bet MGM. Uh, let's take a look at the Big Sky Conference, Sam. First of all, what did you think of the uh, Weber State-Eastern Washington game? Obviously, hellacious travel leading up to uh, the game for Eastern Washington as they had to make their way back from Florida. I heard they didn't get home till in the wee hours of Monday morning because that game was played on Sunday. But, but either way, I thought that uh, Weber State looked sharp again, and now here we are uh, with the Big Sky Conference having three undefeated teams left, and then Montana State also unbeaten in league, and their one loss to a Power 5 in Oregon State. So, uh, first of all, what did you think of that Weber game against Eastern Washington? Yeah, really impressed with Weber State. Uh, I know, I think we talked about it last week, Eastern Washington isn't their record-wise, but I still think overall they're, you know, they're probably not playoff-worthy, uh, but they still are an above-average uh, FCS team, and I thought how Weber State handled Eastern Washington was was really impressive. Uh, you know, uh, balanced offense this year for Weber State. I think Bronson Barron this looks a, a bit more comfortable. Um, they're getting a bit more vertical uh, as well. But I think I think the running back room uh, is is looking really good for, uh, for for Weber State. And so just a um, you know a team that 
is having a bounce back year. I, I guess you could say. You know, they were they were one of the the better FCS programs in the latter half of the 2010s, and I don't think they're they're playing like that again. Let's talk about the Montana schools. That Montana State uh, played, I guess Idaho State, and they basically just raced to a halftime victory, basically because they just put it on cruise control uh, in the second half. Have it's been so interesting to see the sort of the narrative around the Cats because of what they did a year ago and because of what they lost. And uh, I know there, and also because, quite frankly, because especially when the epicenter is, uh, or I guess when the origin point is within the state of Montana, so often uh, Montana is linked with Montana State and Montana State is linked with Montana. So I also think a huge part of the Cats narrative this year, fair or not, I think it's unfair, but but fair or not, has been linked to the Grizz, and the Grizz being very successful and impressive as well. Uh, but I know that you yourself have been a little bit higher on the Cats than maybe other people have. It's, it's mints and hairs when you're talking about, you know, how high are you on a team that's been ranked in the top four all season. But where are we at with Montana State now at the midpoint of the uh, season with a 5-1 and one record overall and a 3-0 and oh mark in Big Sky Conference play? The Bobcats have – it has been interesting because – it seems like they've been – they basically held on to their number four ranking uh, in the media poll all year. Um, I had them number three in my preseason poll. Uh, I have them number four now with Montana number three. But it, it seems like they've been hanging on to that number four ranking for, for dear life because I don't know if they've made a lot of believers out of uh, kind of the FCS community as a whole when you go back a couple of weeks ago. But I think – the more they play, the more maybe they're they're making believers out of the FCS. And I don't know if, you know, sometimes like NDSU just gets a ton of benefit of the doubts just because they, they, they won the national title last year. Well, Montana State was the national runner-ups, and, you know, maybe it's because they lost so many great seniors. Maybe a lot of people are getting still getting hung up on that really, really ugly loss to Oregon State. I don't know what it is, but it just seems like while they were – while they have been the number four team in the country, it seems like some, not, not not me, I'm not saying me, but some just don't aren't huge believers in the Bobcats, but they just keep on winning and they do and then they're doing it in decisive fashion. And you know, I thought last weekend's win was really impressive just in the fact that the offensive line continued to dominate, but they didn't need to run the quarterback, you know, twenty five times. They were able to to get their running backs going, which I'm sure was a really nice thing for that offensive staff to not have to rely on. Uh, you know, a quarterback to, to get them yards on the ground. And so, um, yeah, just continue to be impressed with, with Montana State, and, and now it'll be interesting to see how they navigate the, the two-quarterback system. I know they were doing it before, but they're probably going to do it a little bit more with uh, with Chambers' emergence and, and, emergence and uh, Tommy Mallott coming back. So it should be fun to watch. Is this a smart decision? I, I think that with what Sean Chambers did during his time as the the lone uh, quarterback and the, and the starter, I think it's impressive enough that I don't know if I'd want to disrupt that, but what do you think? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, you know, it, I, I tweeted it too, that I'm less, you know, curious about who the starter is, which technically is whoever takes the first snap, you know, that's the start the starter. I mean, if you have a running back going wildcat and take the first snap, you know, technically they're, they're the starting quarterback. If the quarterback's not on the field for that wildcat play. So Maybe Tommy Mallott takes the first series. He takes the first snap, and so he's the starter. But yeah, I would I would give more snaps uh, to Chambers. He just seems um, much more comfortable throwing the ball. It just seems like the offense is is operating a lot more smoothly, a lot more efficiently uh, with him in there. Uh, you know, I I get the argument if you can throw an offense out of a rhythm if you're 
you know, Chambers is in for three for three plays, and all of a sudden you run Malad in there, and then you run Malad out, and then you bring Chambers back in. Like that can kind of just mess a little bit with with the flow of an offense. But Sac State has kind of figured it out. Uh, so if if they want to, if Montana State wants to utilize Tommy Malad as kind of the running quarterback, and then you know Chambers is the the running and court, running and throwing quarterback, I think that's probably the best way to go. Um, but it's it's a good problem to have, but it can also not be a good problem to have if, if all of a sudden you're, you're trying to have them both in there and all of a sudden your offense just, just isn't uh, clicking efficiently. Sam Herder joining us here on Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. The Grizz coming off a bye. They're 5-0. and uh, They're 2-0 and in Big Sky Conference play, and Idaho's coming to town. What do you see from both sides of this matchup? Because to me, I think it's the last speed bump before the the pivotal stretch that Montana has been charging up for loading up for all season long. And for Idaho, a real chance for a real affirmation uh, after struggling so badly since they came back to the big sky conference, but now sitting here at two and zero as well as they can make their way to Missoula. Uh, how do you see this matchup? And uh, what is the importance for each one of these teams in the national landscape in the national conversation? Yeah, for Idaho, they're they're kind of hanging right outside of the top twenty-five right now, three and zero against FCS opponents, uh, and and two losses to Power Five uh, opponents, uh, and pretty competitive losses at that uh, as well. And so I think I know they're they're in some top twenty-five ballots, not in mine uh, just yet, but they, maybe they can they can prove something against Montana. And for the Grizz, I, I said this on my podcast this week that Montana we can fast forward a few weeks. Montana could be the number one team in the country because it's not totally out of the realm of possibility that South Dakota state beats NDSU this weekend and then goes on next weekend and loses at Grand Forks, which is a tough place to play. Uh, and then if Montana goes two and zero in these next couple of weeks, uh, and you know, next week coming against Sac state, all of a sudden who's the number one team in the country. If all that happens, it's Montana at the same time. Montana could lose two games in the next three weeks and maybe fall to the number six ranking. And so I know there are some huge matchups coming up for the Grizz, but they can't look ahead because I think Idaho comes in with a lot of swagger. Um, I think they're just playing. And off the top of my head, I don't even think they brought in a ton of transfers. I just think it's it's the same personnel, but you know, just a different attitude uh, about it under Jason Eck. And so I, I do think, um, I'm not predicting an upset or anything, but I do think it's going to be a pretty entertaining game. Last thing for you then, to bring it all the way back around to that one versus two matchup, South Dakota State, North Dakota State. What do you think are the key factors there? And, and also, do you feel like, yeah, I mean, NDSU has, if you take out, out the spring season, which was sort of anomalous, NDSU's lost, what, like nine times in 10 years, 10 times? I, I don't know. You could count them on two hands for sure. And the only team with multiple wins, I believe, over NDSU is South Dakota State. Do you think South Dakota State brings confidence into this game because they have had success against uh, the Bison before? I think so. Yeah, I mean, it just seems like, and Matt Entz even said this in his press conference. I saw a tweet that Matt Entz said that South Coast State's playing like number one team in the country, and we're not. I think the Jackrabbits have a lot of swagger to them. Um, I think NDSU is, I don't want to say they're reeling, but uh, they just have, they're 5-0 and versus the FCS, uh, yet it seems like they're not playing like that confidence, you know, Bison group that's that's uh, a, a modern-day dynasty. They're, they're, they're just not playing like that uh, right now. And so uh, the Bison do have the home crowd behind them. 
but you know, everything on paper with how good South Dakota State is against the run and how NDSU is playing defensively, everything on paper kind of points to South Dakota State could win this game by 14, 17 points. But at the same time, it also seems like a game where NDSU wins and kind of has the, hey, remember who we are, message to the rest of the FCS, and maybe NDSU wins uh, decisively. So uh, I don't have a prediction just yet. Um, I can see it going a, a lot of different ways, but it certainly has some, some big-time implications on it. You can catch him. Lead segment of each Wednesday show here during the 4 o'clock hour on Nuanas Now. He's Sam Herter, Hero Sports, Bet MGM. You can also follow along to his great writing at heroesports.com. Sam, appreciate the time, my man. Enjoy uh, your trip. Have fun at that hockey game. And I can't wait to rap about you, uh, with you about this uh, NDSU-SDSU game next week. But in the meantime, be well, Charles, safe. Sounds good. Thank you for having me on. There you go. Sam Herter. Oh, love having that guy on. Always fun to take a look at the rest of the FCS. And uh, you know, sometimes we get so insular in our Big Sky Conference world, so it's it's fun to know and see how the teams stack up. And it's, it's even more fun when what you think and believe is true, which is that the Big Sky Conference is the best league in the FCS, when that's played out, when that's uh, coming to fruition, when you have somebody that covers the, the level on a national level and, and they affirm that for you, uh, that's certainly uh, a good thing. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Take a step outside uh, of the national landscape and inside the Montana State football program. Our Montana State Minute is next. Cleveland Thomas, from South Beach to the Gallatin Valley. What a journey. The Bobcat senior wide receiver will join us right after this. Keep it right here. It's Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. College Athletics is a fundamental part of the fabric of our communities in Montana, and it's the stories of these young men and women that drive our passion at Skyline Sports. Coulter Nuwana is here. In 2015, my brother Brooks and I founded SkylineSportsMT.com. As a lifelong athlete, Brooks has an elite knowledge of football with a deep perspective with his time spent playing safety for the Montana Grizz football team, while I won a collection of sports writing awards, including 2010 Washington Sports Writer of the Year during my time in newspapers. Together, we can offer you the best sports journalism in the state with crisp writing, unbiased reporting, cutting-edge photography, and a grassroots feel that belies the corporate takeover of modern media this day and age. As Montana natives, we have a deep historical knowledge of the fiercest rivalry in the West. We share a combined 22 years experience involved in the Big Sky Conference. That experience gives us unparalleled knowledge of Montana, Montana State, and Big Sky Conference athletics. If you'd like to experience this with us, visit SkylineSportsMT.com and subscribe for only $8 a month or $90 a year. SkylineSportsMT.com. Every day, every season. ESPN Radio. Sixth grade lunch used to rock out to the offspring. Actually, what that song actually isn't even on the album we used to always be uh, headbanging to, but good track nonetheless. I've been listening to all those mid 90s bands because, you know, I've been hooked on this Music Box documentary series on HBO. It's all about different elements of, of music. And the one I most recently watched was that Woodstock 99 one. Man, what a calamity. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, but also, what a flash from the past and what a fun, uh, nostalgic moment as well. Welcome back. New Honest Dow, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Watson Children's Shelter has their tennis pro-am fundraiser back uh, next Thursday. 
it begins. It's a four-day event. For those that don't know who Matt's Willander is, he's one of the pros that's up for auction. Willander won three Grand Slam tournaments in 1988 alone. So at one moment in time, he was among, if not arguably, the greatest men's tennis player in the world, you know, some 35 years ago. So he'll be participating in this Pro-Am. Brenda Schultz-McCarthy will also be participating. She is a former uh, outstanding pro who holds the record for the second fastest serve in women's tennis history, 130 miles per hour, the only one faster. Lady, you've probably heard of Venus Williams. There will be 30 other pros from across the country as well if you want to check out all the people that are available to uh, bid on for this uh, tennis pro-am, you can visit watsonchildrenshelter.org. The, uh, the live pro auction is 6 to 9 p.m. at the barn on Mullen there at the Ranch Club. Ryan Tutel, former uh, co-host of this show, will be uh, doing the deed there. And uh, there's also a silent auction and all sorts of different things. And all this stuff goes toward a really great cause, which is the Watson Children's Shelter, and it helps them in their mission to provide safety, nurturing, and stability to children and families through quality services and trauma-informed care. Time now for our Montana State Minute, presented by JV Restaurant Supply. JV Restaurant Supply is your home for everything kitchen. Whether you're a bear or a bobcat, an eagle or a scotty, you can score big with JV. Everything you need for your next tailgate or that next big family party can be found in one of JV's three locations: Bozeman, Billings, Great Falls. Can't make it in? You can also visit their awesome website, JVRestaurant.com. Well, time now for the Montana State Minute here on ESPN Radio, where we feature all sorts of different subjects from the Montana State Athletic Department. And this week, a Montana State football player. He's a graduate transfer who comes to MSU from Kentucky, Cleveland Thomas. He has had a great senior year so far this year for the Bobcats. Cleveland, thanks so much for joining us, man. First of all, just tell us, how's life in Bozeman? How have you adjusted to living in Montana? <laughs> uh, it's, it's been good so far. It's, the people are wonderful out here. The fans are incredible. They're very spirited about the football, about football here. Uh, and just just the, the view, you know, uh, coming from a long ways from home. Uh, I live from Miami, Florida. You know, I'm used to the beaches, but coming out here, you got many mountains and you got cattle just walking around like it's normal. So it's very different out here, but I'm enjoying every second of it, and it's beautiful. Coming from Miami, I mean, that is it's a world away, right? But there's a couple guys on the team right now from Florida. We actually did a profile at Skyline Sports on James Campbell last week as well. Uh, but what are the biggest differences? Obviously, the weather is the biggest, most obvious answer. But what else do you notice that's different about Montana compared to where you've lived in the past? Okay, so I would say, like, it goes without saying, of course, it's the weather. And then it's like the, the different, like, you look out. When I look out at home, you know, it's busy streets and everything, but I can see the beach. Like, if I drive, I want to say about a good 15. If I drive 15 minutes here, I'm hitting mountain, I'm hitting mountain range or just open lane. I mean, open land, you know, and uh, like farmlands. And we don't have that down in South Florida. I know we don't have that at all. And I want to say just the, the busyness of, you know, the this Miami is definitely not here. It's more calm. The people are more calm. And Miami is like, Everybody's on vacation at all times of the year. It's busy streets, always traffic. Wabata Beach is always busy, no matter what is it, when it is, or what it is, what weather it is. So it's definitely, it's definitely having differences. But the main difference that hit me is the food. I, I'm not gonna lie, I miss some Miami restaurants. Uh, so, but it's, it's some good food out here, but it's not like Miami food. 
So if we were down in Miami and we're going out to eat, where are you taking me? What's like the Miami special that I gotta have? Oh, I can I can go I can go on and on. But if you like fried seafood, you know I take you to Snappers. Snappers is good. Uh, I that's I mean I got I'm talking about, I have a whole list of restaurants that I'm just looking at right now, and and it's just straight from Miami. You know I we whatever you want, like as far as whatever. Your preferences, whether it's chicken, seafood, fried, grilled, I have a restaurant for everything, every liking. Now, when I come here, it's like I'm trying to find my way, but uh, Miami got them beat. I'm sorry. Hey, man, that's one of the big benefits of living in a big city for sure. Cleveland Thomas joining us here on ESPN Radio. He is a senior wide receiver for the Montana State Bobcats. This is our Montana State Minute presented by J&V Restaurant Supply. Uh, just tell us about your path to Bozeman then. I know you were there at Kentucky and getting a lot of playing time there for the Wildcats and the SEC. What was the connection with Montana State? What did you think when the Bobcats first reached out? Okay, so my journey was, uh, I want to say I played for, you know, I played for Kentucky since uh, spring of 2017. I ended up getting an injury, a season-ending injury. I tore my ACL. Um, I tore my ACL, I want to say 2021. That was, you know, that was the year I was supposed to be, like, you know, on my own road to be a guy. We had a new offensive coordinator, so things were looking up. I ended up getting an injury, and then... When I came back, we had a new OC, a uh, new receiver, a new receiver coach. So it was just a lot of new. But not saying that I couldn't compete and play. It was more so nothing was – nothing's promised in football. So I'm not even going to use that. But I could just tell that the environment wasn't for me no more. Like, my time has passed there. So one of my old receiver coaches before uh, in 2020, 2019 to 2020, his name is Coach uh, Bo Knight. He actually coached with Coach Vegan and Coach House and – uh that was that was kind of the uh, the connection between like me knowing about them and then when they the funny thing is when they uh, I guess contacted me I was like wait Montana State Montana I, I was so I was so confused on the fact that like I am not gonna lie like I knew Montana was a state but I didn't know about Montana at all so it just it just it caught me by surprise and uh, I looked more into Montana State football and uh, I just you know read up on them and I knew they played NDSU last year the national championship because I actually watched that game I was watching it because of NDSU I wish we was watching it for Montana State because I didn't know Montana State at all like from a can of paint I did not know it at all so I was very much surprised and but I was just blessed. My whole recruiting process was a blessing. And, you know, I, I thank, thank God, you know, they reached out to me because I'm happy I found my home. Cleveland Thomas joining us here on Nuwana's Now ESPN Radio, our Montana State Minute, presented by J&V Restaurant Supply. Like you said, you didn't have any background on them, so what were the determining factors? I mean, w- once you started to learn and read up and stuff, what did you like that made you think, okay, I'm gonna, I got one year left, I'm going to go spend it in Bozeman? What what got it for me was, uh, so, like I said, that coach, uh, Coach Bonite, he was a very influential coach in my life at Kentucky. Um, kind of pushed my limits, and he made me a better player. So, like, I knew I had, like, trust in him. And he was just like, you know, I would not tell you where to go, but I just know these two coaches, and I'm big on trust. He was just like, these coaches I've coached with, and they're great. They're great people. He stood on the table for them. So that's what really did it for me. Like, the culture and everything was just a plus. When I got here, it was amazing. The coaching, uh, the rest of the coaching staff was amazing. The Everything was good. It ended up being a plus. But at the time, the only thing that really set in my heart was just the trust in my coaches. That's what got me here, honestly. Just to Coach Bo Knight and then meeting Coach House and Coach Vegan in person, talking to them. You can really feel it in the room that their energies and their passion. So that's what won me over.
So interesting, too. Uh, Ravy Alston is also a transfer there, a, a senior grad transfer uh, coming up from a D2 or D3 school, excuse me, uh, in St. John's there uh, in Minnesota. And, uh, I mean, Makai Metcalf also a transfer, too. So the receiver's room had a ton of turnover between several guys leaving after spring, you guys coming in. So for you, what was the process like sort of acclimating to the team? How did you sort of go about fitting in with everybody? And, I mean, obviously you want to come in, you want to compete for playing time, you want to prove that you're going to be a guy and be a part of the offense and a starter and all that, but also trying to, you know, make it work with your new teammates. So how do you balance that? Uh, I'm, I'm a man. Uh, I am a firm believer in uh, that. Respect is not given, it's earned. And you can talk the talk, but if you can't walk the walk, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, nobody's going to, like, even hear you. So when I came here, I was just, I wasn't really talkative. You know, I was very quiet. I let my work my work define itself. Like, I always worked hard. I, the first week, I'm not going to lie. Okay, let me put out there. The first week, it, it got me. The elevation levels <laughs> compared to Miami whooped my butt. But after the first week, uh, I kind of got my legs back under me, and I just hit every workout hard and, I just earned the respect of my teammates, and then I ended up, you know, opening up more and, you know, talking to them more. But they knew that I was about business once I got there by how I approached every workout, how I attacked everything we done, we did in summer workouts. So just by doing that, me and the team just ended up bonding because this, what I've learned about this team is, like, everybody works hard. They work hard. I'm talking about no matter what it is, no matter what they do, we have a bond, and the bond is built by our blood, sweat, and tears that we've created throughout the summer training and uh, fall. I hear you got a good story, too, about your first team meeting. What was the first meeting there at Montana State like? Oh, uh, so I remember I came in. I was to myself. I sat across from everybody. I think I had a ski mask on. Uh, <laughs> I didn't want to yeah, I, uh, I just saw. Uh, I just wanted to read the room. I wanted to see if how, I just wanted to honestly. I want to see how my teammates were because, like I said, I I've been in Kentucky and I've been in that locker room where sometimes guys would come in, but you you don't see the whole locker room like greet them or people just greet them. You know, it's like, hey, who who's that over there? Or you'll go, you'll be on that team and not know a guy's name until like three months down the line. You know, just because different schedules and different workout times. So I came in, it was a, uh, I remember like it was yesterday, it was a team dinner and I sat by myself and I'm not going to lie to you, at least 50, I want to say 58%, probably 60% of the team at least walked by, walked over to me, introduced themselves. And of course, introduced yourself to me, introduced myself to you. And uh, they did that. And I just, you know, just allowing, just seeing that happen, just showing me like, all right, this team is not going to just let me like, just be quiet over here. They're actually trying to like, you know, and that, that just shows me like, open up, me trying to be one with them, like building that bond, them by, them doing that just, you know, helped me create trust within our, uh, you know, the friendships and relationships that we had amongst the locker room. Yvonne Thomas joining us here on Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN Montana app. Uh, last couple things for you, man. First of all, uh, what have you thought of just your role in this offense? You guys are playing as fast as I've seen you play, especially these last couple weeks. Seems like Sean Chambers has got you in and out, moving the ball quick, and uh, you've had some pretty big explosive shot plays. So what do you think you bring to the offense, and what do you think of the role that uh, they want you to fill in this Montana State offense? Uh, I think I, I just want to say I, do, I bring – I want to say physicality and speed. That's what I harp on, you know, playing fast every play, no matter if you're winded. And just being physical because I am the slot receiver. I do block, you know, bigger guys. I block nickels. I block safeties rolling down. I sometimes have to block, you know, some backers. So just definitely bringing that physicality so we can get the edge in a ring game or, you know, like a, the edge for our tight ends can get a bubble or, you know, whatever we have drawn up, you know, I just, I definitely 
want to bring out physicality and speed and just make big plays when the ball comes to you. It may not – some games it may not come as much often. Other games it may come too much. Shoot, who, who knows? But I just want to know that my role here is to be a dependable, dependable receiver to be a speedy receiver and just be physical. And I've done that since, you know, fall camp, making making big plays. And when the ball come my way, you know, just I don't want to miss an opportunity because every drop ball or every – that's that's money I'm leaving on the field. And I just live by – you don't – at receiver, there's not – like I played against Mississippi State where they threw the ball, they were air raid, and they had six turnovers in one game. Like I, I've seen those offenses, and those offenses are rare and they're risky. So playing this offense, I know that the ball ain't going to come every play, but when it does come, just make the most of it. And that's just, you know, what I'll hold every game, just being that dependable, speedy, physical receiver. Brett Vegan today in his press conference said the time a lot is going to be back. He got cleared. So uh, what is your guys' perspective? Because I know you guys were doing a lot of two-quarterback stuff before Tommy Watt went out. Uh, what do you think of him being back? Oh, yeah, T-back, man. I saw him the damn practice. I definitely got my spirits up. You know, it was a Monday, coming off our little Wednesday, Sunday. I saw him throwing the first <laughs> the first throw <laughs> he threw for a little long time. I was talking to him. Uh, definitely, look. I don't, I don't know if you saw the Oregon State game. They were really struggling with our two QB uh, system that we had going on. We were, we were rolling. We were rolling. I thought we were rolling. Our offense was rolling that game. And a lot of teams cannot stop that two-headed dragon that's in that backfield with Tommy and Sean back there. So I'm very excited to see Tommy back, and we have different sets with one with one of the men or even both of them men. It's definitely bringing this uniqueness to our offense that other teams around the FCS do not have. Well, shoot, I don't, I don't even see teams in the FBS doing what we're doing. So I'm very excited that Tommy is making his way back, and I just can't wait to Saturday. Cleveland Thomas joining us here on Nuanas Now ESPN Radio. MSU takes on Northern Colorado in Greeley on Saturday. Last question for you then, man. What do you think of the Bears? I know it's only Monday as we see here and record this, um, so probably not much of a scout on them yet. Uh, but wh- I guess what I, more than just Northern Colorado in general, what is the key factor for Montana State to keep this momentum going? Because you guys are rolling right now. Uh, we we harp on our like, as far as L-Rock, you know, like I said, making plays when our number is called. But we are, we're going to do what we want to do. We're going to run the ball. We're going to run the ball. We're going to pass the ball. We're going to pass the ball. We just have to execute. I don't feel like no defense can even breathe on our offense if we hit on all our parts. I just feel like every game that we didn't get that one yard or we didn't make that play, it wasn't because the scheme. It wasn't because all the defense drew up a good defense. No, it was because of us, we didn't ask on all cylinders. And if we ask on all cylinders, which we practice for perfection, nobody can stop us. So no matter who's in front of us, Northern Colorado this week, next week is going to be Weaver. Next week, I don't know. I don't know. I don't care. But I know that with this offense and us executing, the sky's the limit. He's Cleveland Thomas, senior wide receiver for the Montana State Bobcats. Here on Nuanas Now, it's our Montana State Minute. Cleveland, thanks so much for joining us, man. Best of luck this weekend. Thank you. Have a nice day. Thank you for having me. What a funny guy, man. I put it in the request. I'm writing a little story on Cleveland Thomas and Ravy Alston, who are the two transfer wide receivers for the Cats, a little later on this week. And so I put in the request to interview those guys, and uh, Montana State Sports Information said, hey, do yourself a favor and just dual purpose the one with Cleveland. You want him on the radio. <laughs> and I agree, man. What a fun storyteller. Fun getting to know that guy. Out of football, into hockey, it's Cat Grizz, Grizz Cat, whatever way you want to call it. Friday at the Glacier Ice Rink, Mike Anderson, head coach of the Grizz Hockey Team, in studio with us next. Plus, we got free wings. We got free tickets. We're hooking you up. Wing it Wednesday, Grizz Hockey Style next. Keep it right here. It's ESPN Radio.
Wildcat fans. Support both your favorite team and Montana State students. When you shop at the student and faculty-owned MSU Bookstore, your purchase lowers the price of course materials for Montana State students. Montana State is in the midst of a historic year, and the MSU Bookstore has everything you need, from jerseys to garments, t-shirts to sweatshirts. You can also find the vast selection of Bobcat gear online by visiting msubookstore.org. Help students excel and look your best in blue and gold. The MSU Bookstore is your Bobcat gear headquarters. ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I'm stuck on the, the mid-90s alternative rock. I can't get enough of it right now. Hope you're enjoying it. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Welcome back. Nuana's now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. You know what the app's good for? Streaming this show, but also streaming Grizz Hockey. Jeff Safford, Andrew Houghton, Tommy Evans, they've all done a great job of honing in the technology, and we got it all for you in 4K every time the Grizz are at home or on the road. So uh, be sure to get that ESPN MT app all along to Grizz Hockey. And it's time now for our Wing It Wednesday Grizz Hockey style. Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill, great place to go hang out before all Grizz Hockey games. Right now we're going to give you a pair of Grizz Hockey tickets plus a basket of wings from the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill. Call us right now. Call number 3-406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. Call us right now, and we got a basket of wings from the Despo for you, as well as a pair of tickets to the Grizz hockey game on Friday night. It's not just anyone. It's a rivalry game. It's Cat Grizz, Grizz Cat, whatever way you want to say it. We're joined now in studio by Mike Anderson, the co-head coach of the Grizz hockey team. What's up, man? How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Thanks for having me. Uh, of course, man. Uh, 35 goals uh, scored and three goals against. Uh, pretty good start for Grizz Hockey so far in your three games so far this year. Yeah, not a bad start. It's going to be a very different experience this weekend. Uh, we're playing a very strong MSU team. So we're excited, though, to see what we're going up against and see what we got. Uh, Grizz with uh, wins over Idaho and a pair of wins last weekend over Western Washington. But this is a big jump because... We've talked about this before on the show. As you guys have sort of revitalized this Grizz hockey program over the last two years, Montana State's had hockey back for a handful of years now, and they've, they've got it rolling a little bit. So this will be a pretty big jump in competition. Oh, yeah, I think this is their fifth or sixth year since Weaver took over, and uh, he's definitely brought them to a place that's a high level. They're national tournament contenders every year. They went last year to nationals. I think they made it in their third year when he took over there. So they've been there twice in the last five or six years, and that's something that we're looking to get to as well. Remind the people how that works. Uh, what's the national tournament uh, like bidding process? Like, How do you get to the, the point that you get to play in the postseason? So what it looks like is there's regions, there's west, central, and east, or there might be another one mixed in there too in the ACA sure. Division Two. And for Division Two, uh, we have our regional tournaments. We're the only division with the regional tournament. So the top 18 teams, I want to say, in the west – go to regionals with the top two getting automatic bid to nationals. So if we finish in the top 18, I believe, maybe 20, then we get an automatic bid to regional. So your strength of schedule really matters in that. So it's all based off like these points that the ACHA has of strength of schedule and teams you're playing. And uh, I'm not sure what all goes into the algorithm, but last year we finished 20th. So we would have been a little bit just out of it if we were able to qualify. We weren't. Uh, so this year our, our main goal is to make regionals and make a push from there. Mike Anderson, Chris Hockey, joining us uh, here in studio. Uh, memo for you. We're also going to give away a four-pack of tickets every Thursday, except for not this Thursday because 
Those tickets are going to be going uh, to a golf tournament that's being played at Canyon River tonight. So there's going to be a winner of those tickets. They're just going to win it out at the Glow Ball Tournament out there at Canyon River. So a little cross-collaboration for you. But uh, every week from here on out, besides this week, we'll be sending you to Katie O'Keefe's as well uh, for some Grizz Hockey action you guys got speaking of uh, community support you guys got a little fundraiser going on right now right just across the street oh yeah so you come on down to b-dubs tonight you kind of threw i was like fun oh yeah b-dubs <laughs> we're all about the wild wings uh there's a coupon on all of our social media pages that if you just show that to the a server i believe we get 20 percent of all the the proceeds from that so all that will go to good hockey and uh i think that um just understand what this goes toward i mean hockey obviously itself is a uh, expensive sport but also I, I find this model you guys are using fascinating and I, I think sustainable too I actually I've talked with Tucker Sargent about this quite a bit and I actually think that the future of, of college athletics particularly at the non-gigantic power five schools might actually be in this model so this is this is important for your your club right yeah it's super important I think actually we talked about that one day at the decibel yeah, when totally. I was with you and yeah. Tucker we were talking about it and yeah it's definitely uh, an important part of what we do is community outreach and community involvement, and and when we get that financial support, it, it definitely helps us fund what we do. It's a expensive uh, endeavor, and and uh, we uh, put on a great product, and we got a lot of talented players. So the more people that can support that, the better and better it's going to be. So it's pretty cool. It certainly is a great product, and for those that haven't been able to check out Grizz Hockey yet, go check them out. Uh, it's going to be tough to get a ticket this this Friday because uh, Bobcats are in town, and uh, basically you slap the the cat, Grizz, Grizz Cat, Brawl of the Wild, whatever you want to say, on there. And uh, people come running no matter what. I mean, oh, yeah. shoot, there were 6,500 people at the volleyball match in Bozeman a couple weeks ago. So you throw the rivalry deal on there, and uh, anybody and everybody's coming out. But um, it is a fun product. And so you can visit grizzhockey.com to go check out all your various ticket options, whether it's uh, for single game or uh, reserved or season tickets or, or whatever you might want. Uh, for your team, though, what have you seen that you've liked so far, and what are the parts you want to see sharpened up, regardless of who the opponent is, just as you progress in this season? Yeah, as you mentioned, we've we've been able to blow out the three the two teams we played so far in the three games. And but what's been good is the effort and focus has pretty much maintained throughout. That's always the the concern when you're coaching in those games. Okay, we're we going to get bad habits here. Our guys have done a really nice job of sticking with our structure and sticking with the way we want to play. So that's probably the biggest thing that we've seen is. They're starting to buy into the style that we want. Uh, so we're seeing a lot of passing, a lot of movement up top, a lot of aggression on back pressure, all that all that great stuff that makes for good, consistent hockey. And then I'd like to see the effort level get to that next, that next uh, tier. We haven't had to get there quite yet, so I'm hoping that the intensity and effort level just skyrockets this weekend because we'll need it for sure. So much uh, when I talk about these rivalry games uh, against the Bobcats with coaches – is handling the atmosphere, the environment, you know, settling in, all that sort of stuff. It's particularly important when you're the road team. You guys are at home this weekend, though. But also, I mean, you guys have been packing that place out already. So uh, does that help you, the fact that, I mean, it's it, sometimes, you know, you go from playing, I mean, like the volleyball team is a great example, right? I think they played in front of like 300 people against Sac State, and then they play against 6,500 in Bozeman. A totally different uh, scenario. You guys are playing in front of packed uh, houses at least so far this year. Does that help you? Yeah, and last year we have, you know, 15 returners, so the core of our group is used to big crowds at sure. this point. And when we go to Bozeman, they pack it up there too. Um, so we're we're used to it at this point. Our, some of our new guys might still be trying to figure that part out, but 
this year we have a good group that knows what that means and knows how to how to work around it and not let it overwhelm you, but let it lift you up when you need some extra energy for sure. Mike Anderson, Grizz Hockey, joining us here in studio. Uh, the Grizz Hockey team takes on Montana State Friday night, Glacier Ice Rink, 7.30 p.m. puck drop, and then uh, uh, a, uh, a rematch right away in Bozeman. What's that dynamic like? Because you're going to have a, a tense game on Friday. Then you got to hit the highway, drive 200 miles, and then go play the same team again. There's a lot of stuff that can spill over from game one into game two, right? A lot of stuff lingers. This is how <laughs> college hockey is, though, everywhere. No, sure. um, so it's pretty cool. I like being the team that plays at home first yeah. because then we get to sleep in our own beds Friday and then travel. They have to travel, get home late. So it gives us a bit of an advantage. But... Uh, all that goes out the window once the puck drops. So they're going to have a big crowd. It's going to be their first home game of the year. Cool. Uh, so they're going to be all amped up. It's one of the few games they get a full house there. Sure. Um, so it's just football teams it's, on the road this week too. Montana yeah, State football's out of town, so maybe more fans there too. Last year when we played them, I think they had a turn back six, seven hundred people. Wow. Who were still waiting to get in. So it's it's going to be a zoo. It'll be fun. Uh, we're hoping to match them a lot better on the road than we ever did last year, so that'd be good. It should be fun, and that's a great venue there in Bozeman as well. The Ice Garden, uh, the uh, Bozeman Ice Dogs used to pack that place out too. So, hockey's a draw in Montana. It's fun to see. Uh, last thing for you, Coach Mike Anderson, Chris Hockey, joining us here in studio. And uh, by the way, check out our social media. Check out their social media. You can go check out that uh, Buffalo Wild Wings coupon that we basically put on there. If you show that, you're going to help raise money for Grizz Hockey. Uh, so go check out Buffalo Wild Wings all evening long. And uh, basically, baseball playoffs are on, so why not have some beer, wings, and uh, support a good cause as well. Last thing for you, the stylistic details that you're talking about for your team, how does that contrast or how does it match up with what Montana State does? What do you think of just the, the matchup on the ice here this weekend? I was just talking to Coach Will about that. We're yeah. stylistically far apart. And that's cool, right? It's really cool. Uh, it just sort of happened. There's no, like... We got to differentiate ourselves from MSU. Sure, sure. Just what Coach Will and I uh, focus on with hockey is a little bit different than what they do over at MSU. They're a little more uh, run and gun attack, especially off the rush. They love to hit. They love to play physical and just get things on net. And uh, they do a good job of it. They have skill within that as well. We're a bit more methodical, a bit more let's get some cycles going, let's get some moving, get some spacing. Uh, we like to think it's more fun to watch, but they're both fun. They hit. So whatever you like in hockey this weekend, you're going to see. You're going to see high-level skill. You're going to see a lot of physical violence. You're going to see high intensity. It's going to be a great weekend for sure. And uh, most of you out there, you just want to see all the action on the ice, and you just want to see Grizz versus Cats. That'll happen Friday night at the Glacier Ice Rink, 7.30 p.m. The puck drops. If you can't make it down there, you can watch it here on the ESPN MT app or listen to it here on 1029 ESPN Missoula. Jeff Safford will be on the call. Very much looking forward to it. And we'll have a full recap for you next week as well. Congratulations to our winners for the uh, Desperado uh, Basket of Wings as well as the uh, Grizz Hockey Tickets. And thanks to Mike Anderson, co-head coach of the Grizz Hockey Team, for swinging by. Uh, good luck this weekend, man. Yeah, thanks, Colter. And at B-Dubs and I, we'll have players over there signing stuff and giving things away as well. So hopefully see some of you out there. Yeah, let's go. Come on over. We're right across the street, so it's easy for us. Uh, hour one of the books, hour two coming at you. Recorded our ESPN Roundtable this morning. And what an insightful guy. John Freeze, who is... Why they consider one of the great players in the history of the Big Sky Conference, the first man to ever win the Walter Payton Award in the Big Sky. He was an all-time great quarterback at the University of Idaho, a college football Hall of Famer, and a headliner in the recent inaugural Big Sky Conference Hall of Fame class. The Vandals are in town this weekend. John Free still follows along pretty heavily. He also 
has some not-so-great memories of his times playing in Missoula. He'll join us for our ESPN Roundtable next. Keep it right here. Hour 2 of Nuana's Now coming at you. It's ESPN Radio. I am here with Catherine DeLands of The Advocates. If you've been listening to ESPN Radio, you're familiar and you know if you've been in an accident, The Advocates can surely help you. There's a lot of people out there that don't slow down for road conditions that are driving recklessly or carelessly, and we want to protect the people that have been injured because of those drivers' actions. You deserve an advocate. The Advocates will deal with the insurance company and defer medical bills, so all you need to do is rest and get better. The Advocates will handle the overwhelming legal stress of your accident because you didn't deserve to be in an accident. Chat directly with a local attorney online at MontanaAdvocates.com.